Please turn in your copy of God's Word to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, we will read verse 9. 2 Timothy 4, verse 9. Be, gil- be diligent to come to me quickly. Two men, both prisoners, but that's pretty much all they had in common. One was named Napoleon Bonaparte, and shortly before his death, he said, I love no one, and I seriously wonder if there's anyone in all the world who loves me. The other prisoner's name was Paul. How different they were in their life. One shed blood and brought carnage and warfare everywhere he went. The other shed his blood for the one who shed his blood for him and spread the gospel of peace everywhere he went. Napoleon said, I love no one. And Paul would love all souls because he saw the preciousness of each one. And Paul would say, I'm grateful to God for people that have loved and blessed my life during my lifetime. When you look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, you'll see a lot about Paul's three greatest friends. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 11, he mentions Dr. Luke. In Colossians 4, he calls him the beloved physician, but here he says, only Luke is with me. What a great friend Luke had been to Paul for years and years. As he's in prison, all he wants, friends, are friends to keep him company. All he desires is a coat to keep him warm. All he really wants are books and parchments to keep him occupied so he can study and grow and encourage others. But he's thankful for people like Luke. Secondly, think of Timothy. When you look at verse 11 of chapter 4, Paul writes, bring John Mark with you when you come. If you listen to our brother Terry as he read the scripture reading, 2 Timothy 4, 9 Make every effort, do your best, give diligence to come soon, to come quickly. And now go down to verse 21, which says almost the same thing, but with a couple of noticeable differences. Do your best to come before winter. 
In Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 24, Paul would speak of Timothy as being an individual that I have no man like-minded. He'll minister to your state. There are other people out there that care more about themselves than they do the things of God, but not Timothy. Not Timothy. And if you mark in your Bibles by 2 Timothy chapter 4, you might want to put down 2 Timothy 1 verse 4. The last time they were together, Paul and Timothy, special friends like a father and son in the gospel. The last time they were together, Timothy had cried. And Paul says, I remember your tears and I long to see you that I might have my joy filled full. He's longing for Timothy to come. Second Timothy is written to encourage Timothy to be faithful. Paul is passing the baton, the torch of faith, on to the next generation. He knows his time is short. He knows the winter of his life is coming. I assure all of you, the winter of your life is coming too. We may not know when, but we all pass through the seasons of life. For some, they're markedly shorter than for others, it seems. But we all pass through the seasons of life. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 and 21, I think there's one of the most thoughtful expressions in Scripture. Do your best to come to me quickly. Do your best to come, verse 21, before winter. I didn't mention the third friend, but I need to. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us if Timothy and John Mark made it to see Paul before he died a martyr's death. I got to tell you, every ounce of my being wants to think that Timothy and John Mark did. But there's nothing in Scripture for me to prove it. But this I know. The greatest friend that Paul ever had and that he ever knew never left his side. Look at 2 Timothy 4, 17 and 18. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Do you see that? So tonight what I'd like for us to do is to think a little bit about that thoughtful expression, doing your best before winter comes. Three observations briefly. Observation number one, let's consider both verses 9 and 21 and what they're saying. They're remarkably alike and yet they're different in a way that needs to be observed. Do your best. Make every effort. 
I believe New King James says something like, do your utmost in either verse 9 or 21. The old uh, American Standard Version says, give diligence. The expression, do your best, might be translated in a number of ways. Make every effort. Think about it. But if I could put it in somewhat common terminology, hurry up and come if at all possible. Hurry up and come if at all possible. Come quickly. Come soon. I have to think that as soon as Timothy read those words from the aged apostle, not long for this old world, that he immediately started making plans to go to be with Paul. Soon. Quickly. Look at verse 21. 2 Timothy 4.21 is a striking passage that adds a little more. Do your best. The same term is found in 2 Timothy 2.15. Make every effort to show yourself approved. Give diligence to show yourself approved. Same term is found in 2 Peter 1.10. Make every effort. Give the more diligence to make your calling and election sure. Same term is found in Ephesians 4, verse 3. Make every effort, do your best to keep the unity of the Spirit and the, in the bond of peace. Same passage is found, same expression rather, found in 2 Peter 3 and verse 14. That you might be found without spot and blemish. Make every effort to be found without spot and blemish when the Lord returns. Now focus on verse 21. This expression, hurry up and come if at all possible. And do so now before winter. The term there can mean before the storms come. And as a matter of fact, it's used that way in Acts chapter 27 and verse 20. Paul was in a great storm and remember the shipwreck at the conclusion almost of the book of Acts. Same term that's translated winter here. We are to, according to Jesus, when he was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, pray that you don't have to flee in winter or when your wife is with child Matthew 24 and verse 20. The term can mean winter or it can mean storms. And what Paul is really getting at is both. The Mediterranean Sea, in that, at that point in history, from November the 10th to March the 10th, was basically closed for shipping purposes because of the storms and because of the winter season. And so what Paul is saying, Timothy, if you're going to come, come before winter because it would be unsafe to travel due to the storms and due to the difficulty of travel by sea 
But he's not just saying that. He's saying, come before winter because I don't think I'll be seeing another spring. I love the seasons, don't you? And we have about three days of autumn and three days of spring before we have winter or summer here in West Texas. Amen to that one? We had a week of winter just a couple of weeks ago. I love each of the seasons, but I've got to tell you, I don't like winter as much. The leaves are not on the trees. The grass is brown. The wind and the ice blow cold. But we all will face life's winter. Are you ready? Am I? Do your best to take care of things before winter. That was the first observation. Here's the second one. We all face winter and we need to be prepared. He's telling Timothy that if you don't come before winter, you may as well not try to come. It's that urgent. And knowing the relationship that Paul and Timothy had, again, I hasten, I quickly say that I think he dropped everything and, and just, I'm going. This will be my last time to see someone that I have loved and cherished. Let me ask you, have we all done something like that? Someone or something was so important that we just dropped everything. Because we knew that it was someone or something's winter. There are voices that say, much like Paul said to Timothy, come before winter, there are voices that say that to us. I preached a lot of sermons, and basically I've talked a lot about character and integrity. There is the voice that says, be men and women of Christ-like character and integrity. Christianity is always a matter of character. It's always a matter of sincerity. And people will forgive a great deal in other people, but people do not easily forgive a lack of character and integrity in Christians. What a man does in a motel room when he's away from home says a lot about his character or lack of character. It says a lot about one's integrity. Paul would say, The things which you both learned, received, heard, and saw in me do, and the God of peace will be with you, Philippians 4, 9. To follow me even as I follow Christ, 1 Corinthians 11, 1. John would write, He that says he abides in him ought himself to walk even as he walked, 1 John 2, 6. The voice of character and integrity. 
It is always the time. It's to grow to greater character and integrity. Don't delay. It's said that the devil was talking with three of his demons. And one demon said to the devil, what I'll do is go to earth and tell people that there's no heaven. And that way they will be people who lack integrity and character. The devil listened and said, what are you going to do to the second demon? And the second demon said, I'll go to earth and tell people that there is no hell. And because of that, people will lack character and integrity. The third demon, the devil said, what are you going to do? The third demon smiled and said, Master, I will go to the earth and tell people everywhere that they can be people of character and integrity tomorrow. And Satan smiled because he knows some things just can't wait. Not only is there the voice of character and integrity that says, come before winter, there's also the voice of friendship and family. Friendship and family. I think about voices like that and imagine, imagine, it's inconceivable to me that if Paul and Timothy really had the relationship we believe them to have had, Timothy would just take his time, lollygag, procrastinate, and put off going to see Paul. But let's say, like many of us, he's busy. There's a lot going on in his ministry. And so, let's say, weeks pass before he's able to get things ready. He finally gets to Rome. And one of the Christians in Rome says... Paul died last month. He wanted me to tell you that he loved you and loves you. And that he looks forward to seeing you again in glory. Don't you imagine Timothy would have felt an awful lot of regret? One of the hardest things to deal with is the regrets we have in life for putting off what we know, we know we ought to do before winter. Our own winter or someone else's. The voice of friends and family a number of years ago, a man listened to a sermon in an assembly. He was studying to be a medical doctor. He listened to a sermon much like the one that I'm preaching tonight. 
And he said, you know, I haven't written my mother lately. It was in a time when there was a lot of writing of letters and cards. And we didn't have cell phones and things like that. So immediately after the service, he went home and he wrote his mother. And shortly after she received the letter, her son received a note from other family members. Please come as soon as possible. Mother is not long for this world. And when he arrived, she smiled when she saw him and she said, I have been waiting for you and I want you to know something, son. Your letter has been under my pillow since you got it to me. And it was all because he sat in a service and heard a preacher say, there are simply too many things in life that we need to take care of before winter. Third, a third voice is the voice of Jesus. I don't think there's any more tender voice any more authoritative voice, any more loving voice in all the world. But it is the voice of Jesus that says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't it wise to do that before winter? A good friend of mine in East Texas, and I've thought about him often through the years, but a number of years ago, he and I studied the gospel, and oh, he was so close. He was even in tears, and I was with him. He had a denominational background, but he was so close to coming to the Lord. But he waited. The danger of waiting is this. Can you ever find in the Bible where it says, Tomorrow believe in Jesus? Is that in the Bible anywhere? You can do it tomorrow. You don't have to today. Is it in the Bible to repent tomorrow? Is it in the Bible to... Acknowledge Jesus as God's Son tomorrow? Is it in the Word of God to put on Jesus in baptism tomorrow? There are some things that simply must be done before winter. Because if we delay, our thoughts may change and life circumstances may take a dramatic turn. Thoughtfully and prayerfully, think about the voice of Jesus as he says, come. If he's saying, come tomorrow, I may as well sit down because there's an urgency to his words that makes me believe he wants people to come now. To come today. Third observation. 
How do I face my winter? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 with me. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 17. 2 Timothy 4, 17. He says that we serve the ever-present Lord. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. I don't know if Timothy made it there or not. I hope he did. I pray that he did. But whether Timothy did or not is secondary to the fact that the Lord was with him when the Lord was needed the most by Paul. And he will be with you and me too in every season of life. If you would, look again at 17 and 18. He speaks of the sovereign Lord. He delivered me from evil and he gives me entrance into his kingdom. He's the king. You see, Caesar wasn't Lord, even though Caesar would pronounce the guilty verdict for Paul to give his life. Paul put his trust in the sovereign Lord. Continue looking at the passage. 17 and 18, he is the glorious Lord. To him belong all glory forever and ever. To him be glory forever and ever. And then go down toward the end of the book. The Lord, who was Paul's best friend through every season, spring, summer, fall, and winter, is the gracious Lord. The grace of the Lord be with you. And here's the idea. Paul, better than any individual I know, believed in the grace of God. From him I have received grace. To him I give glory and praise in every season of life. How can a life not be blessed that does just that? Thankful for his grace, giving God glory and praise. The lesson's yours. Something simply must be taken care of now before winter. I hope that you are doing just that. Most of all, taking care of your relationship with God and your soul. There will be no better time than now to come to Jesus. And there will be no better time than now to do your best to help your friends and family get home to God too. Let's stand and